Uh, we are in First uh, John chapter 3 today. We're going to wrap that up today. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. If you didn't bring a Bible with you today, there's some uh, in the back. We'd love for you to use one of those. If you don't have a Bible, it's our gift to you today. Um, uh, we just wouldn't like to see you reading the Bible for yourself and, and studying it. And so this whole chapter that we've been studying over the last couple of weeks has, has been about love and, and, and the distinction between genuine agape love and hate. And so we talked about last week how John, he doesn't point punches, he doesn't kind of sugarcoat things, he doesn't see things through shades of gray. He's like, look, this is black and white. This is love and this is hate. This is what real love looks like and, and everything else is not that love. It's hate. And he's, a, he's, he's wanting to be crystal clear, not, not just in this chapter, but through this whole book that he's writing to this church that he found that he loves so much. He's like, hey, I, I want you to know this, this is how you will know that you are a follower of Jesus. It's not because you say you're one. It's not because you come to a church service. It's actually because you, you, you put your faith, your trust in Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Right? And, and, and people will know that they will actually be able to tell that you and I are followers of Jesus because of the way we live our everyday ordinary lives. Well, well, it, and because it's, it's really built on this, this word agape that we've been talking about, this self-sacrificial love that is displayed by Jesus when, when he went to the cross. And, and so John, and so he's like, here, here's what, here's what a, a, a true disciple of Jesus looks like. And I think that he also is saying, and he's challenging every one of us, that, that if, if you don't love one another with this agape love that we see in Jesus, then you have to wrestle to the ground if you're even a believer at all. And that makes us uncomfortable. Like, well, I don't know. And just, can you really say that? I'm like, look, this is the God, guys. John just he wants us to get it. Like he wants us. He's not playing any games. It's like here it is. Has your life really been transformed by the death and resurrection of Jesus or not? Are any of you living like it? Are you loving like it? Because the love that we have for one another reflects the love of our Heavenly Father. And then, I just, then, then I'm like, because John is writing this to his church, right? So I, for me specifically, is it, Charter Oak Church doing this? God, God has designed us as a church to be known for our self-sacrificial love, our agape love for each other, the people in this room, the people who are joining us online. Like, that's how he's designed us to live. Are we? Because that's what we're supposed to be known for. Like the, the, and then if, if we are loving each other that way, then, then the people of this region, they're, they're going to like, whoa, look at how differently they treat each other inside the church. The church is mostly known for, for infighting and gossiping and, and not being loving at all. Are we really, are we truly laying down our lives for one another in love? And every one of us has to wrestle that to the ground. Are we? So I want to move today from this contrast between love and hate to, that we looked at last week to, to, to this confidence that, that John wants us to have as followers of Jesus, that, that we have as children of God, as sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. So if you have your Bibles, you're ready to go. 1 John chapter 3, 
verses 19 to 24. So let me read it, and then, then let's talk about it. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. And so right out of the, the gate, John wants us to know, like, how do we know that, that we're saved? How can we have this assurance of our salvation? So look again at verse 19. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. So we've been writing in our Bibles. If you want to write in your Bibles, we've been circling and underlining, wording, writing words in the margin. So if you, you're going to do that today, then you can circle the word know and belong and then underline the word truth. And so John, he, he begins by declaring that we can have a, a certainty and, and a sure knowledge about our salvation. And so he uses this word know, K-N-O-W. Right? And, and that's really, it's meant, he's, he's, he's talking to his church that he loves. He's like, I want to comfort you. I want to reassure you. I want you to have assurance that you are in Jesus. And so he uses this word belong. Right? And, and that's a connection, that's a, that's a relational word. So he's like, hey, I want you to, this is how we know, right, that we belong to the truth, right? And, and the word truth here is talking about our salvation in Jesus. And so we've been talking about the truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. Right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the truth. The truth is a person, his name is Jesus. And so we, he's saying you, you can know for certainty that you belong to the truth, that you belong to Jesus. And whenever you know that, when you have that assurance, he says this, this is how our, our hearts are set at, at rest. Right? And so you, you can underline at rest. And really that, that word just practically means in Greek, assure or assurance. And so he's, just, he's repeating the first part of this verse. He's like, hey, when your heart, when my heart is, is, is assured of something, if we understand something, we're, we're going to be at rest. We're going to be at peace. And like, it reminds me of the hymn, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. That's, that's what John is writing about here. And, and he's like, okay, so, so let's make this real. Let's just make this practical for all of us. And so this is like when you start going, reading slowly and you start connecting words. And, and so we're starting just in verse 19, but this is 19 is a continuation of what we read last week. And so in, in my Bible, the first word in verse 19 is this. And your Bible might be by this. What does that mean? Well, it's pointing back to what we read last week. Right? And so, so when, when your heart is assured of something, it's at rest. And, and, and like, so this is gonna, we're going to live differently because of it. So he's like, let's look back to what we read last week at the very end, verses 16 through 18. John right? this is how we know, there's that no word again, what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. 
and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, that's not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And so we talked about this last week, and it's like, okay, I mean, very practically, I'm not going to redo that. You can watch it on YouTube if you want to catch up with it. But it's like, wait, how do you and I, how do we practically look at, at God's people? How, how do you look at the people that are in this room on Sundays? How do you look at the people that, that you serve with down in kids' ministry and student ministry on Sunday night or up in the tech booth or on the worship team or as the first impressions team? I mean, how do you really look at them? Do, do you love God's people? I mean, Really? Do, do you love to be with them in worship and, and other times? Like do, do, you, do you give sacrificially for the building up of our, of our church? Right? Do, like these are signs how you and I, we, we interact with one another's brothers and sisters in Christ. That is a reflection of our hearts. Has God changed your heart? You know, love for, for other believers, like it, it, it serves as a testimony. Look at how they're living their life. Look at how they treat one another. It's just different. Is that true for you? Is it true for me? Or do you, or do you frankly, do you avoid God's people? Do you look for excuses not to come to worship? Oh, it's, it's raining today, I'm not going. Oh, it's sunny today, I'm not going. Oh, I've got a hangnail, I'm not going. Right? Do we look for, for ways to, to make sure that, that we, you don't serve, that whenever we ask, hey, there's going to be a table out in the back, go back and sign up, you're like, how, how do you look at the people that, that are brothers and sisters in Christ? Like, do, do you just like, hey, I'm not going to give anything. I'm, I, if I do, maybe it'll be something that's left over at, at the end because I don't want to give to the benefit of other people. I just, I make my money for me, my family. And I would argue John would say, you know what, this these are signs that God hasn't changed your heart. So how do you know? How do you know if you've been saved? Like, do, do you truly love all people in, in what you do and what you say? Because I'm telling you, true faith is reflected in true actions. You just got to look at your life, how you treat other people. And so as you're wrestling with this, something's going to happen inside of you, in, in our hearts. And so that's, that's the next thing that, that John wants to address with us in verses 20 to 21. He writes, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And so if you're writing in your Bibles, you can circle the word condemn twice there. Right? So, so there, listen, there, there are going to be circumstances, there are going to be times when our hearts condemn us, and that is a good thing. That we, we look back at, at our lives in the past, whether it was earlier today or, or last week or, or last month or, or whatever, and, and we should actually should be, we should be convinced that we failed to love other people with that sacrificial agape love. And that, that, that should condemn us. Like, that should pierce our hearts. We should feel bad about that. That's a, that's a good thing. Right? The, the Holy Spirit is, is convicting us. Right? Maybe, maybe you had a, an opportunity to encourage someone. You're like, I just don't have time. Or, or maybe you had an opportunity to serve someone. You're like, nope, not, not, not today. Right? And, and so, like, those things happen. 
Right? We're, we're all sinners. There's no perfect people in our church. But then this, this phrase is, is, once again, it's followed up by assurance. He used the word no, so you can circle that word no again. So, so even when our hearts convict us, we can still be sure that we are in the truth, that we are in Jesus. Just because we sin, it doesn't mean that we have lost our salvation. Why? Because John says God is greater than our hearts. And so our, our hearts, they, they rightly condemn us. But, but that's not beyond, what John's saying is that's not beyond the power and authority of God to forgive and redeem. So, so God's grace, right, this, this church that we're seeking to build down in Harmon's Jamaica, right, it, like God's grace and his comfort are greater than our sin. And so every time that you and I, we, we fail to love, like we, we come b- humbly before God and we confess our sin to God and we can know, we can have assurance that God is going to righteously forgive us. And so our salvation isn't lost, but our sin is forgiven. See, our, our sin as believers is not greater than God's power to forgive. Let me say that again in case you missed it. Our sin as believers is not greater than God's power to forgive. And then he, then he writes the word know again, K-N-O-W, right? He knows everything. So like, he's just reminding us. I think we know this, right? Just inherently, like God knows everything about you and everything about me. He knows all of our sins. But he also knows your, your desires and your intentions to live righteously for him. And, and God knows that, that you are in Jesus and the righteousness of Jesus that has been imparted to you through faith in Jesus, like that's the only basis for, of your good standing with him. Like we, we, no matter what's going on in our lives, if we are in Jesus, he, that's how he sees us. And he loves us. Such a good thing. But then in, in, in verse 21, he's like, okay, but sometimes your heart's not always going to, to convict you or condemn you, right? There, there are actually going to be times that, that are encouraging times, right? There, there are going to be times when, when we are lovingly sacrificial to one another. We, we, we step outside of what we necessarily might want to do, and, and we love someone in, in, a, in a way that, that makes a difference in their life. And in those moments... Right? For rejoice, John says. Like we, we, in those moments, we, we have confidence before God. Like just picture yourself standing before the throne of God. Right? You, you, you don't have to cower in shame. You can stand in confidence. Why? Because as, as the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit is, is happening in us, as, as we're surrendering more and more of our lives to Jesus, like we, we desire and we actually live this, this sacrificial love that, that John is writing about. And so that gives us confidence before God. That's a great thing for all of us to remember. So as we're standing there, before a holy and righteous and good God, what, what does God promise to those of us who believe in Jesus? Look at verses 22 to 24. 
and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. And and so as a Jesus follower, not not only can you have confidence in the presence of God, but he's, he's given you even more. He's going to answer every single one of your requests. And so if you want to, you can circle the word receive and, and ask and, and underline the word anything. So what he's, John is saying here is you, you can have absolute confidence and assurance that God is going to respond to every one of your prayer requests. But I do want to remind you of what David wrote in Psalm 66, 18. He says, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If if we continue to go back to the same sin over and over again, and we're not repentant of it, God's not listening because we're we're choosing to walk away and turn our backs on God. But for those of us who who are in the truth, who who are sinners, but but we are redeemed, we're forgiven, we're seeking to live for his glory, here's what John wants you to hear. That that our God is, is is a prayer hearer, and, and, and an answering God. He hears our prayers and he answers them. Why? Because he's a loving father. And, and as we keep his, his commands, and then we're, we're going to want to do what pleases our father. And so you can circle the word keep or keeps and, and the word do, and you can underline commands and pleases. Like, so these two phrases that, that John is putting together, right, he's, it's just it's the same basic principle. Say, look, if, you are, if you're really a, a Jesus follower, like, you want to be obedient to God. And, and, and your obedience, my obedience, I, that pleases God so much. But here's the thing. The, this, this doesn't mean right, our obedience obligates God to respond to a request of ours. Or that, or that our obedience earns God's response But what it does mean is is that because we obey God, we we are in right relationship with God, and because of that relationship we have, then then God responds. So listen, think about this way. God doesn't love us because he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. God sent his son Jesus to die for our sins because he loves us. Do you see what I'm saying? And so when I say that uh, when we're in Jesus and and God is going to respond to us, God will respond to every one of us in one of three ways. Sometimes the answer will be yes. Sometimes the answer will be no. And the one we don't like at all is not yet, right? You're going to be waiting, right? But God will respond every time. So It's all about us being in Jesus, of of doing what God commands us to do. And so if if that's what John says is is what we're supposed to be doing, what what is it that that God actually does command us to do? Well, first thing he says is that we're to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. So you can circle the word believe. And, And this is actually the first time that John uses the word believe in this book. 
And so the, so the Greek like, of this, this word believe is, is this kind of definitive, once and for all kind of belief. It's, it's a total and complete commitment to following Jesus, to make him the Lord and Savior of your life. That's what he's talking about. And so when he says to believe in the name, right, it's the same as believing in the person. It's believing in the identity of Jesus as, as the eternal God, Son of God, fully God, fully man, the Messiah. And so this, this, this really, I mean, come on, it begs a question for all of us. Do you believe? Do you believe in the name of Jesus? Have you, by grace alone, through faith alone, trusted Jesus for your salvation? And if not, today would be a great day to make that decision. And I'll give you that opportunity at the end of the service. So the first thing he says is, believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And then the second thing he says is, to love and to love one another. And, and, and we oftentimes we, we skip over these connecting words like the word and. And so John intentionally uses the word and here. Because these, these two phrases, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another, right? They, they're connected grammatically and theologically right, to the preceding phrase, faith in Jesus results in a life of loving others. So once again, as we've been doing throughout the series, circle the word love. And once again, this is the present tense verb, agape. You can write agape in, in, the, in the margin again. This is this ongoing, perpetual habit, right, a habit for you and me, for Jesus followers with the, with the same sacrificial commitment that led Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And to me, it's, just, it's, this, it's a resolute commitment to, to love with our words and with our actions. So think about this. What are we commanded to do by God? We're, we're commanded to love our neighbors. We're also commanded to, to love our enemies. That's what's on the line here. And finally, as, as we wrap up, God makes a promise to us. So you can, you can circle the word keeps and, and know, K-N-O-W again, it's in there twice. Right? So he's saying, look, for those of us who are, who are keeping God's commands, two things happen. We, we abide or, or we, we live in God. And then the second thing is God lives in us. Do you get this? And so there's three uh, little phrases that he uses, in him, in them, and in us. You can s s underline those. And so there's this reciprocal relationship that John's writing about here. There's, there's this, this sense of, of real intimacy and connectedness between us and our, and our heavenly Father, right? Because of the Holy Spirit. We, we can have assurance that this relationship that we have with our heavenly Father is, is real and, and it can't be taken away from us just because we, we slip up because we, we sin. Right? We're, we're still in Jesus Right? When we put our, our trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, it says that in that moment, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our hearts. And he gives us this, this promised assurance. You're in Jesus. You're in God. And God is in you. So I just, I want to encourage you today. And John say, look, you, get, you can come to the throne of God with your prayer request. I, I want to encourage you to be a person of prayer. Like your, your relationship with God is going to be built upon your time alone with God. 
It really is. And, and as you're, you're in that time with God, there's going to be times when, when, you, when your heart convicts you. The Holy Spirit is convicting you of your sin. And in those moments, go to God on your knees humbly and confess your sin and ask for forgiveness, and you will receive it immediately. And there's also going to be times when your heart doesn't condemn you. You're like, hey, I'm in Jesus, and things are going great. Like, rejoice in those moments. Praise God for those moments. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. That's the moment that we all long for. And then whenever you get up from from down on your knees or sit in that chair that you have as your prayer chair, like, then, then go live your life from that place, that place of assurance of your place in Jesus. Live your everyday ordinary life Monday through Saturday in a way that, that demonstrates, you know what, I, I want to love the people around me sacrificially because that's what Jesus did for me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these, these words from, from John that allows us to, to look into a, a pastor's heart for his church and, and to, to walk away with an assurance about being in Jesus and, and knowing that we can have confidence in, in coming to you as your sons and your daughters, that you love us. You are our daddy in heaven. You care so deeply for us. Thank you. And as you've if you're here today and you're like, I don't know if I am saved. I don't know if I am in Jesus. I don't know if I've really just put my faith in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Then I invite you to pray with me right now. Almighty God, I realize that I've been doing my life by myself. And I realize, God, that I've done some things and said some things in my life that's broken my relationship with you and with others. And God, I'm so sorry. Will you please forgive me? God, I don't have it all figured out, but I know I need Jesus. I want to have that assurance. So right here, right now, God, I'm, I'm declaring that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I'm trusting in your grace. And by faith, God, I'm, I'm following Jesus. I give you my heart. Almighty God, I pray that every one of us would look deep down in our hearts, the way that we live our everyday, ordinary lives, the things we say and do. God, help us. Help us to see through your eyes that we can approach your, your throne of grace with confidence because we're in Jesus. Father, we love you and we praise you and we ask all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,